you can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. You're listening to The Flock on Fox 45 Podcast. Presented by Sports Unlimited with your hosts, Morgan Adsit and Rocco DeSangro. Your Baltimore Ravens breakdown of week four begins now. Uh, obviously disappointing. I thought our guys fought hard. Tough football game against a good team. Of course it's disappointing. We all care about winning this ball game. Just got to find a way to get it done. I'm a dog. I like to attack. I like that he likes to attack too. Nobody want to be disappointed. Next time we'll get it. That's, that's football. You know, we're fighting and trying to do the best we can. All right, we are back for another week. This fantastic podcast, the Ravens dropped a tough one. Another tough one, 23-20 to 20 at the hands of the Buffalo Bills. Uh, Bills Mafia is going home happy with a loss, breaking crazy amount of tables in the process. Another second-half collapse for this football team. It happens against Miami. It happens now. Morgan, what's going on? Well, are you okay? You sound kind of down about it. Are you all right? <laughs> I'm all good. Okay, I'm all okay. Good. I'm just making sure. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, what do I make of it? Well, so it is week by week. And it's one game. They were 2-2-19 two and two and 19 and ripped off 12 straight and had a pretty good year that year until the postseason came. However, what happened against Miami as far as being up multiple scores and not being able to close offensively and defensively and handle the other team's second-half adjustments happened again. So I do think the Ravens have some problems that other teams are exposing, and it's hit them twice in four weeks. So a little bit of a concern, but I still think – this is week by week, and hopefully they can get it corrected. No major injuries out of that one. This one, that's a positive. That definitely is a positive. Uh, they were up 17 points at one point in this game. Offense couldn't score in the second half. Defense gave up that drive at the end of the game. They got a little bit of help, the Bills did, on a questionable roughing the passer yeah. call on Brandon Stevens that kept that drive going um, and, and just – Things didn't go the way the Ravens wanted to at the end of the game. Lamar Jackson, he talked about it after the game and how this is a week-by-week process. It was week four. You know, we've been in this situation before. We, we lost to the Browns 2019. We got blew up by the Browns 2019, and we started the season the same way. So I'm not peaking too soon, you know, but I'm not, I'm not looking at it like we're having a disappointing season. Kyle's just getting back healthy, and I feel like we're going we're gonna to hit our peak at the right time. So the Bills get the Ravens 23-20. The disappointing thing is that the Ravens were once up 20-3. And the second quarter did not score a touchdown or field goal. We can get to what they left on the field, but didn't score for three minutes and 39 seconds were left in the second quarter. That's the last time the Ravens scored. Obviously, they let 20 unanswered happen. And that's something that can't happen. But Jaffe, you're back with us this week, and it's a theme for the Ravens late in the game. Yeah, uh, the the Ravens have just struggled uh, over this five-game home losing streak to put points on the board in the fourth quarter. They haven't scored a touchdown since December 19th versus the Packers. Um, This year at home, in their uh, couple of games, just three zip. 
I mean, they, they lost 28-3 in the fourth quarter uh, to the Dolphins, which we all know, and they were shut out 3 nothing this week. Uh, you just can't do that if you want to uh, win games. Listen, and the veterans on this team, the guys that have been here with this team for a few years, they were noticeably upset after the game. And, and as were new faces, like Morgan Moses. Simple. Um, we got to finish. Uh, you know, we can't come out a second half and – and not move the ball five yards. Our next step is, is Cincinnati, you know. That that means a lot more because it's in division. So it's our job to go uh, prepare ourselves, look ourselves in the mirror, um, see what we did good, see what we did bad um, as individuals, and come, to, come in next week and, uh, and correct those things. So a big chance where the Ravens could have finished was when they wanted to put the foot on the gas, on the throat, whatever you want to call it, cut the head off of the snake and get this game over with. The offense was struggling the entire second half, so I don't like the play call. I never like taking points, leaving points on the field. I don't like that. I never have, especially in the NFL. It's so hard to win. It's so hard to score. It's just such an inconsistent week-by-week league that you just got to kind of take what you can get. And when the offense is not clicking at all in the second half, can't punch it in from the goal line, two-yard line multiple times, they get aggressive and go for it. Fourth and goal at the two. And shotgun. And Lamar dropping back, backpedaling because pressure's coming at him. And he throws an interception in the end zone. I don't like the call to go for it. I would like a Justin Tucker field goal there to go up three. But they made the call and they were aggressive. It didn't happen. If they make it, everyone's saying, oh, it's a great call. They're aggressive. This offense, we trust them. But the offense didn't finish. And that's a huge play that showed that in the fourth quarter. I'm not sure if it's that... John Harbaugh doesn't have as much faith in this defense as think we that's would it. have thought because you kick the field goal there, you're up three, you force them to go down the field and they got to either score a touchdown all right, or they're going to tie the game in the worst case scenario like Harbaugh kind of talked about afterwards, you go into overtime, but that didn't happen. First and goal, Lamar throws to Devin Duvernay, they pick up about eight or nine yards, uh, then Dobbins gets stuffed. Then Lamar gets stuffed. He picks up about a yard. And then that backpedaling play that you talked about. So it, it was, I, I don't know what to think or what to say about the play calling there because they look so great on that drive. Lamar kind of did his thing right. to pick up that big first down that put him into first and goal position. And then it was just a collapse. It seemed like that one yard was the hardest yard to get in this game. I just don't understand as far as the play call goes when you have someone as talented as Lamar and you've got Dobbins back at the very least as a threat do you not put everyone in position to do their strengths which is Lamar is a dual threat right roll him out maybe you give him the opportunity to see what is happening as opposed to put him in the shotgun drop him back and you know there's only one thing that can happen you play contain and hope he you you can get him into a situation where he's forced to throw the ball and not scramble, and they were able to do that. The Bills' defense were quite disciplined in the second half. And there's four minutes left. You score a touchdown there, and you, yeah. you think you're putting them away with four minutes left. I mean, I know you go up a touchdown, which is better than a field goal, but there's still a lot of time and a lot of things that can happen. And the Bills didn't look all that amazing offensively throughout the entire game. I know the weather played into that, and I know the defense for the Ravens has struggled at times and really struggled in the second half, but you have to give them a little bit of grain of salt that they're going to make a big play like they did against the Patriots multiple times in the fourth quarter. Yeah, and Morgan, you and I kind of talked about it earlier before the podcast. Why not maybe a give to Pat Ricard? Why not oh maybe gosh, a right? give to Mark yeah. Andrews? Yeah. <laughs> Remember? Like, yeah. Yeah, like, little, anybody. Exactly. Anybody big. One of the big guys. Feed them. Pick the, up a few yards. You need two the, yards. The other thing I'll bring up, though, is what if you get the three? They still march down on you. Right. Down that. 
And then you saw what happened in the Steelers-Jets game, not to rub any salt in the wounds in this room, but... That's not for me. That's for They Rocco. come down the field. You know, the Jets march down the field, and they get into an almost identical situation as the Bills. And they just bleed the clock. They have their timeouts. You're sitting on the goal, and you can run it, you can pass it. They had time to do both, and they went for it, and it worked out. So there's no guarantee that taking the three... You know, doesn't end in another heartbreaking loss. Right. And I think that's sort of the calculus where you know, Rocco brought up. You don't trust the defense yet. And that, that was very apparent from our And that led to a drive by the Bills down the other end. And, and that's a whole, whole other topic oh, yeah. of conversation we're going to get into, right, Morgan? Let's hear from the Ravens, though, first about the fourth and goal thing. Because any play, you can always break down any play and hope that didn't happen. But that was one that the offense, especially Mark Andrews, the tight end, didn't really want to hear that question and says he's a dog and wants that play call every time. Maybe they can give him the ball next time. But here's Mark Andrews and John Harbaugh defending that fourth and goal play call. I'm a dog. I like to attack. I like that he likes to attack too. I felt like it gave us the best chance to win the game because seven, the worst that happens is if they go down the field and score, and I think we'll get them stopped, but if they go down the field and score a touchdown – the worst thing happen is that you're in overtime. I have a lot of confidence in this offense, this team, the guys that we have, um, to be able to make that play right there. So I love that Coach trusts us to be able to do that and um, you know, hopefully put the game away. So hopefully when we get another opportunity like that, we'll be ready. Hindsight, you could take the points. But if you look at it analytically, I understand why we did it. So that led to this. The Bills driving down the field, uh, putting together really a fantastic drive. To win this game, and they got some help from a bit, like we big talked help. about a little <laughs> from not only uh, that roughing the quarterback call, but the d- the defense they were communicating. I don't know if there was a lack of communication, confusion, but they were trying to let the Bills score. As a defense, your job is to not let a team put points on the board, but. That wasn't the case here strategically for for a good reason. They wanted to get the ball back. You got Lamar Jackson, one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL on your team. You could easily march down the field as well, tie the game, go into overtime, and you're sitting pretty. Instead, Devin Singletary, this is the play that a lot of people are talking about, Ravens Flock's talking about, has kind of the internet buzzing. Uh, He rushes for, I think, eight yards down to the three, and Marcus Williams, he kind of gave him the ole. Yeah. Said, all right, go ahead. Um, and then Odafe Owe comes from the left side of the field all the way around to the right side and tackles him. And you could see after that play, Marlon Humphrey's throwing his hands up like, like, what are you doing, man? Calais Campbell is looking. Same with Williams. A lot of confusion there, Morgan. And it, it's, I, I don't know what happened there. Lack of communication or Odafe forgot. Or I, what do you think happened? I think everyone knew what they were doing defensively and should have, except Odafe away in that situation. What I give the Ravens credit for postgame is like telling us that was the plan. Such a loser mentality, let the other team score, get the ball. But that's the analytics, and that's the way that they look at it. They looked at it for their fourth and goal play, analytically, and then let the Bills score. There's a minute left. They would have had one timeout. They had to burn a timeout after that Odafe away tackle. But the plan was, from multiple Ravens that I talked to postgame, and even John Harbaugh confirmed, let the Bills score. We, we the Ravens, get the ball back with a minute left and about a timeout to let them do their magic, try to score, try to see where this goes. 
and Odafe away did not get the memo. He declined to speak post game, but I got it confirmed through Patrick Queen that that was the play call. Everyone should have been on the same page. He said it was a miscommunication as to then why that didn't happen. And then Calais Campbell said there was no miscommunication. He kind of broke it down a little bit better and patted it yeah. softer where, and you're going to hear this in this clip coming up, where he said the the play is to try to strip it, make a play, or let him score. And then the next play, the Josh Allen rush, which he immediately fell down, mm-hmm. Calais Campbell was going to try to throw him into the end zone. That was, I mean, so they had, I mean, that was literally what they were going to do. It sounds crazy. But that was the goal, and he couldn't get the leverage. But everybody... 11 guys on defense, 10 of them new, and you mentioned the Olay for Marcus Williams. He, like, yeah. said, come on through. Yep. And Odafe away, who had a phenomenal game. He got his first sack and forced a fumble. I know. Just didn't get the memo or thought he could make a bigger play. But here is John Harbaugh kind of loosely breaking that down. He didn't have a lot to say. But Patrick Queen gets into it in depth with me, and so does Calais Campbell. John, were you trying to let them score at the end to get the ball back? Yes. Yes, it was. John Harbaugh said the plan was for them to potentially score, so they don't do what they did with taking the knee and kick the field goal. Can you run me through how that was happening? Yeah, so once they got into the red zone, it was just a point. Uh, once they get the first down, let them score. So uh, once they got the first down, we was trying try to let them score. It was, it was a turnover or you know, let them score, and we had an opportunity to get a turnover. We just didn't get it. You know, um, I mean, Dafe made a great play on the ball. He hit it, it, it spun. You know, Singletary just held on, to, held on to it. You know, you got to give him. You know, I mean, that's, that's a great play. I'm kind of disappointed. I, I had a chance to, you know, uh, carry Josh Allen in. I didn't get my feet on him. I should have picked him up and carried him in. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret, like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. So that was the last soundbite from Calais Campbell explaining the mentality of the defense trying to let the Bills score because they didn't want them to take knees and kick a field goal as time expired, and then the Ravens lose the game 23-20. And that's ultimately what happened on that one play. But Jaffe, as you were about to note, and you can look at the score and you can look at what the Bills' numbers are, the Ravens' defense overall didn't have a horrible game against the league's best offense. Yeah, it was containment. And it seemed to really work out. We all know one miscommunication from one person can, you know, change the complete narrative of the game, which, again, it did in the heartbreak in the fourth quarter. But you held arguably the best receiver in football to just four catches, 62 yards. I'm talking about Maryland's own Stephon Diggs. Um, You know, you had the chirps on Twitter, you know, today, you know, (laughs) bragging before the game. We're probably going to be mentioning this guy. Well, there really wasn't much to talk about. It was like two catches. Yeah, Yeah, it it was a really great game plan, at least in the secondary. And then, you know, I'm sure the Bills are going home thinking, man, we really handled Lamar Jackson, who's, you know, looking like an MVP quarterback. Well, the Ravens should feel pretty good about handling Josh Allen because, they had virtually the same day. It was you know, one turnover was you know, the difference between the two quarterbacks' performance. But you know, you had another dual threat quarterback who had almost identical numbers for Lamar: about eleven rushes, seventy yards, and a couple hundred yards throwing. That's 
you know, fairly pedestrian as far as Allen goes. I'll say this about the defense. During the Dolphins game, you could see the plays where they messed up. Right. And they let Huge place. points on the board, guys getting behind them, uh, a ton of confusion. This was confusion for a different reason, but like the, the D-line, Justin Matabike, two pass deflections, a tackle for loss, three tackles. He's playing phenomenal this season to start. The defensive backs, Marlon Humphrey with back-to-back picks uh, in, in two games. Like, I mean, there's not much you can say about the defense in, in, in a negative aspect aside from that final drive, but that's really when it counted and when this team needed them to step up most. And how odd is it, like, to be, even for me to be in the locker room and, and ask an NFL player, you were supposed to let <laughs> them score. I mean, it's weird. We, yeah. You never see it and we don't talk about it. And then when they say that's the plan and then you're like, well, what's even more weird is – that it didn't happen should have happened that's another thing and another example of the Ravens are two and two it's not bad it's one week they could easily be four and oh if they didn't have this self-inflicted wounds penalty is a big day today too for the Ravens nine for 70 yards their, their worst of the season and those came in big whether you agree with them or not um kind of came down to the demise in this one yeah and there was a ton of frustration after the game and during the game, in those waning seconds, the clock was ticking down. Tyler Bass getting ready to kick that field goal. Marcus Peters, as he's coming off the field, takes his helmet off. He, he's throwing his arms in disgust. And then it looks as though John Harbaugh said something to him as he's coming off the field. And Peters, he made a beeline for Harbaugh, and he started trying to say something back. What do you take away from that? Are, are there problems with this team, or is it just a dust-up that kind of can be brushed under the table, you know, under the rug, and it's water under the bridge. I think it shows the frustration and and how they are losing these games on their own. Both their losses, they had multi-score leads. They were at home, and offense or defensively, however you don't look at them, point fingers, blame can go all around. They didn't close. So I think that adds up. The fact that it's Marcus Peters, who is very fiery and energetic, and I've heard him <laughs> yell at Harbaugh during training camp, which is yeah. fine, and he's an all-pro guy, I think it's not that big of a deal. No. John Harbaugh talked about it after. This is what he had to say, and we're going to finish that with Marcus Peters was not available post-game to talk, but Calais Campbell also addressed it to get that player's perspective of this is not a big deal. It's, it's a heat-in-the-moment type thing. Here's that sound. Yeah, emotions run high. Oh, yeah, yeah, we're, we're on the same page. You know, he and I, we, we got a great relationship. We got an honest relationship. I think yeah, when you have a, a, a camaraderie, a, a, like a brotherhood that we have, you know, we're going to challenge each other. We're going to communicate and, uh, with passion because it's a passionate game. You know, I love him. I hope he still loves me. We'll see. You know, but uh, I'm a Marcus Peters guy. So what I really did like what John Harbaugh said in his postgame comments about the Marcus Peters incident, he said, I'm a Marcus Peters guy. And he said, I still love him, and I hope he still loves me. And I think it's all love between those two. Families fight. I told my dad I hated him once during a Little League baseball oh, game, so and he made cool. me drive Morocco. home with my mom. So it's, Should have I mean, made like, you walk yeah. home. Oh, and I yeah. still, no, I'm just kidding. I don't hate him anymore. But like, for that one day, I was just like, I was so frustrated that it moment. came out. I didn't hate my dad. Marcus Peters and John Harbaugh don't hate I, They didn't say that, but I'm just it's, – it's football. It's sports. Tensions are high adrenaline is rushing and these things happen. I think we have nothing to worry about. And Ravens fans don't have anything to worry about um, from those two. If anything, they should be happy that there's some fire there and frustration because if you saw Marcus Peters smiling on the sideline, what are you going to think? Well, I I know a guy that did put smiles on the faces of Ravens fans today, and that's J.K. Dobbins. First touchdown, 
since January 10th of 2021. He That was in the postseason, the 2020 season mm-hmm. into 2021. He then missed the entire 2021 season. And then he scored again. Two first quarter touchdowns. J.K. Dobbins back in front of the fans for the first time because he had the COVID year where there were restrictions. Misses the 2021 season with the torn ACL. Really, Morgan, his first time playing in front of a packed house at M&T Bank Stadium. What did you see from him that you liked? He he looked good. He looked himself. The thing I like about him most is he gets positive yardage. Even if there's contact at the line of scrimmage, he at least gets a yard or two. I mean, that's huge for what this running offense was before he arrived. Justice Hill had another good game until the hamstring kind of yeah. tightened up on him. We don't have an injury update on him yet. Hopefully that comes out on Monday with John Harbaugh, and hopefully it's nothing because he's a guy coming off a torn Achilles. But I think when you get the run game going, you get J.K. going, things are looking up. And they did it behind an offensive line that, once again, does not have left tackle Ronnie Stanley. Practice fully Wednesday, Thursday hasn't happened at all since last season. Sat out Friday, thought was going to play. Maybe the rain was part of it. I don't know. Could have been. been. Who knows? Could have been just Ronnie's decision. That's what I'm thinking. You don't put a guy fresh off a leg injury into a rain. It's two years old. Yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I, just, I hope the weather played into it, but I don't know. At some point, it's like, is he going to play or not? Yeah. They put a rookie in, Daniel Falalele, who did a really good job. He is kind of raw anyway with football, but he's a predominantly right tackle, and that's what he played at Minnesota. And he had a penalty, but looked pretty good, looked at much, least for throwing much, uh, going much, in there. Much better than he did the last time yes. he was out there. Yes, and he had a lot of help. Video. If you go yeah. back and look, Pat Ricard was <laughs> on the left side a lot. But Pancake Pat. for an offensive line that didn't have um, Patrick McCary or Ronnie yeah. Stanley, any options that left that they're probably the most comfortable with, it wasn't the reason why they lost this game. No, and I'll say they looked like an offensive line that was excited that Dobbins was behind them. Oh, yeah. I mean, they were mauling people in the first half. They were excited. It didn't matter who the ball was going to, but it looked like they were just playing on a different level than they were in the first three games. They loved running the ball. They loved getting dirty in the trenches, and it felt like there was a bit of a spark that I hadn't seen in a while. It's only two losses that we're really going to break down and look at because, again, these are games that they were in control 21 points, 17 points, should have put these away. That's not the Ravens' way normally. So it has to be second-half adjustments, does it not? And and that's on your coordinators. You've got a rookie coordinator on defense with Mike McDonald, and then you also have Greg Roman, who has had a phenomenal season, and they've been lights out in the first half. But in these losses, right? I mean, that's the only thing that I can pinpoint is the other team's second-half adjustments and the Ravens not being able to make some to counterpunch. There's no excuse to not be scoring in the second half with Lamar Jackson as your quarterback and the offense that you have and the weapons that you have. It's just inexcusable. So I'm not saying fire Greg Roman. Oh, no, no, no. I'm not on that. I'm not on that. Ravens fans are too tied up in Mike McDonald right now. Yeah, no, like you see that on Twitter and I laugh sometimes. I'm not saying that by any means, but there's going to be some conversations had and there should be. And it's... How do we not let this happen? It's already happened twice this season. We're now four games into the season. Those are those are half of your games that you you blow in the game. So it's there's a lot of season left. Lamar touched on it. And his team's just got to get it together and get it right. But they have time to do so. And they can. Yeah, yeah I was gonna, it's not just the second half. It's that fourth freaking quarter. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they've been, like we said, five-game home losing streak, which is just unheard of. But to be outscored 64-22 at home in the fourth quarter over those five games has 
got to be concerning. I mean, yeah, it's supposed to be home field advantage, and they didn't even have it going into this game. The Bills were favored. So, <laughs> which, I mean, you know, the Bills, statistically speaking, besides the Dolphins game, looked like the best team. Everyone's ready to crown them Super Bowl champs, but it's a long season. To say the glass is half full, though, all you got to do is win your division. You do. And Rocco, look at the North. Look at the North right now. You got the Bengals, the Browns, and the Ravens all sitting up there in first place or whatever you want to call it. And two and two, it's just disgusting to look at. And then you have the Steelers down in the basement at one and three. They got a so, new quarterback now, though. Here, the Ravens, they welcome the Cincinnati Bengals to town next Sunday. It's a night game. M&T Bank Stadium will be lit up. The fans will be rowdy. They will be ready to go. And, uh, yeah. Uh, you've got a bunch of 500 teams. And that's and the reality is, we said this after the you know, loss to the Dolphins, it's still another reality, reality check. The Ravens are a 500 team. This is what they are. That's what they were last season. There aren't glaring improvements you know, on the roster right now to this team from last season so to expect something totally different is you know maybe a bit of a reach at this point in the season from what we've seen it's it's a lot of last year you'd rather it happen now than at the end even 2012 that Super Bowl winning team people thought they maybe weren't going to win even get to the playoffs and look what happened it's about getting healthy at the right time it's about getting hot at the right time. It's about winning your division. And the Ravens have a huge opportunity in week five, as Rocco mentioned. And we will wrap that game up and preview whatever we've got going on, whatever we're going to do. What, what, we don't know knows? yet. Who knows? Because Sunday Night Football's not here yet next week. Nope. But we will bring it to you on the Fox 45. What is this podcast called? Pod. I don't. I don't. I really the don't. flock on flock Fox 45. On. Forgive yeah. her. It's been a very long night. I may not be on it for a few more weeks if this little boy nugget decides to come out. So uh, that could be next week, guys. We don't know. We'll see what happens. Rocco, what's this called again? What's that? The Flock on Fox 45. Thank you. Thank you. Boom. Thank you. I wrote it down. <laughs> You've been listening to The Flock on Fox 45 Podcast, presented by Sports Unlimited. Stay up to date on the latest Ravens coverage. Check the Sports Unlimited tab on foxbaltimore.com.